0: Welcome to the Movement Podcast with Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center. We have taken a slight hiatus due to COVID-19. However, we're back and we're going to pick up right where we left off with our World Wins series. So without further ado, let's tune in.
1: We have been talking about world wins. world wins, not the things not the world win was it dishwasher or is it not we're not talking about that, but we're talking about world wins, we're talking about winning in this world in the book of uh, the epistle of john john is he's talking, and he says that through faith that we have victory over this world. Jesus in John sixteen verse thirty three says "I have overcome the world, and when you look at that in the amplified, you'll see that Jesus actually is saying. He says, I've deprived it of its power. He didn't say that he'll remove us from the presence of the world, but he said he would, he has deprived it of its power. And so it's very key that you realize that some of you may be in the presence of opposition and in the presence of enemies. But let me just give you a news alert. You're not crazy because you're in the presence of your enemies. This is a pattern that God has where he will allow his people to be surrounded by opposition and problems, but in the midst of it, he steps down and preserves them. He keeps them. He brings them through. He says, yea, though I'll walk through, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I encourage you today that wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, whatever situation you're in, you may be in the presence of a problem, but I declare God is deactivating the power of that problem. Amen. So I want to encourage you all to note that and to remember that on today. Uh, This past Tuesday night, we talked about um, just four things that we should put purpose over. We talked about power, prestige. We talked about just different things that you should allow purpose to be put over. And I think sometimes we all can let pleasure, prestige, or power, these things to get in the way of purpose. And so this past Tuesday night, we talked about those areas. And um, I want to encourage you all to make sure you go back and listen to that. I believe all of us, you know, can look at these things and say, man, I, don't, I might not have as much power as I used to, as much possessions, as much pleasure, or prestige, honor, respect. But you can still be victorious because if you're walking in purpose, it doesn't matter if you have those things as long as you have purpose and Jesus, he, he, he lost to a degree prestige. People didn't like him. They mocked him. He, he gave up, he became, rich, became poor, excuse me, that we can become rich. He gave up possessions. He gave up things for us. Jesus gave up power. He submitted himself to the will of the Father and said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And the power of darkness was basically having its way to a degree. He gave up his right just to say no and to call down legions of angels, or legion of angels. He gave up these things. He gave up pleasure. The cross did not feel good, people of God. It didn't feel good, but he gave it up for the sake of purpose. And we know that he has been announced the champion. He is the champion of all champions. He is victorious. Matter of fact, victory comes through Jesus. And so I encourage you today that no matter what you're walking through, you may have lost a lot of things already in 2020. But just because you have some losses doesn't mean that you're a loser. Amen. You can have losses but still be vi- be victorious. And one of the uh, maybe a, a streamlined statement just to bring this all together is that that winning or victory is not defined by the absence of problems, but the advancement of purpose. Winning or victory is not defined by the absence of problems, but the advancement of purpose. Winning is not defined by the absence of problems. mean I can get rid of all my problems. that means I'm victorious. No, in this world at the least, It's the advancement of purpose, the advancement of purpose. So you might have lost some things, but it doesn't mean that you are a loser. Paul said, we've been knocked down, but we're not destroyed. You may have been knocked down this year, but it doesn't mean you are destroyed. And we have been just going through some messages that I believe help us to define what it really means to be a winner. Because I declare that you are a winner, and for some people, you're realizing you're a winner, and for others, you might have thought you were winning, but maybe you found out you really were not because it wasn't based on the word and on scripture. And so we want to make sure that we are winning in this life. Amen. And so we're talking about winning in the fallen world. Today we're talking about experiencing victory. We're going to talk about experiencing victory. This is going to kind of be a practical message today. Uh, and, um, and, and so you might have to kind of think a little bit more. Amen. But it's going to be practical today, I believe, for us to really begin to move into experiencing victory. I don't know about you all, but I want to win. Amen. I want to win in life. And Jesus has already paid the price for us to be victorious. But, you know, the Bible says in Philippians 2, verse 12 through 13, it says, work out your salvation. In salvation, there's victory, but you got to work out the victory in salvation. And that means, to me, it means to have the full experience of salvation. I don't want just a 10% experience of salvation. I don't want a 50% experience of salvation. I want 100%. There used to be an old song back in the day called 99 and a half. Won't do. How many of y'all remember that song? Go in to chat in the chat box if you remember that song. And go on to tell everybody where you were when you first heard it. Then Hezekiah, I think, came back and made it out. Ninety-nine. He got a little robotic sound. You know, y'all remember that? And uh, and then everybody started dancing. You know. And so, you—if you remember that—just give a shout out and get back focused again right after you make that comment. Amen. God bless you. Um, but I, I, I declare, we're going to walk in hundred percent of what Jesus paid for. Now, there's a lot to teach on this, and I'm not taking all this Sunday to teach on it, because. First of all, I don't know all of it. Second of all, if I taught it, it would be five, six, seven hours maybe. I don't know. But we're going to talk about this thing because I think I I love to approach this subject, um, what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. Because I believe it brings clarity to where you are right now. And God is a God that will do things. He works in phases. Just like we got phase one, phase two, (laughs) phase three of this corona, this reopening. God works in phases of victory. Phases of deliverance. And uh we're going to talk about experiencing victory. Okay. So with that being said, First Corinthians, actually, let's go into a story. Judges 7, I want to go to this story. Sometimes it's good just to read a story. It helps us to settle down in the truth a little bit more. And I want to go to Judges chapter 7, verse 1. Familiar passage of scripture for some, for others, maybe not so, but it's okay. We're teaching ministry. It says, so Jerebabel or, Jer- or Jeroboam, excuse me, that is Gideon, and his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they save themselves by their own strength. Now, I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. Judges 7, verse 2, and I'm going to verse 3 now. Therefore, tell the people, whoever is timid or afraid may leave the mountain and go home. So 22,000 of them went home, leaving only 10,000 who were willing to fight. And I give it up for all of those in our nation that were willing to fight on behalf of the United States of America. Come on, let's give it up for all of them. Amen. And it, and it says, but the Lord told Gideon, there are still too many. Bring them down to the spring, and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. Can I tell you this? Everything in your life may not make the cut. Can I get an amen? And so then he said, when Gideon took his warriors down to the water, the Lord told him, divide the men And to two groups, and one group put all those who cup water in their hands and lap it up with their tongues like a dog. So all of them, they go, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. And the other group put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Only 300 of men drank from their hands. All the others got down on their knees and drank with their mouths in the stream. And the Lord says in verse seven, The Lord told Gideon, with these 300 men, these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you what? Victory. He says, with these 300 men, I will rescue you and give you victory. And it says, over the Midianites, it says, send all the others homes that sent everybody else home. Let, let go of everything else because really you don't need all of those things in order to have a victory. And I just want to go and give you a word right now. Some of you felt like you needed some stuff to have victory, but really all you need is God and his word. Can I get an Amen. And the Bible says, God says, send everything else home. Get rid of everything else because you don't need all this stuff to have a victory. And some of you might have thought you needed that job to have a victory. You thought you needed that person to have a victory. Come on now. You thought you thought you needed that person's applause and that person's compliment to have the victory. But what you're finding out is you're still progressing. You're still being promoted, even though that person doesn't like you because you don't need everything you may think you need. Can I get an amen? All you need is what God says you need. So God says. Take these 300 men. Now, some of y'all do the math. I don't know how many people that was that went home, but that was at least probably more than 50% of the people, 60% of the people that went home. They went home. He separated Gideon from them, and he still says, Gideon, you will be victorious. He says, Gideon, you'll be victorious. And so with that being said, I go back to the statement I made before that that, 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 that winning is not the absence of problems. I, I want to go even further. It's not the absence of the people you think you need it's not, or, or the people you don't think you need, or it's not the presence of the people you think you need, but it's the advancement of purpose, the advancement of purpose. God knows how to take the little and make much out of it. He knows how to take the five loaves and feed thousands. God knows how to take a little slingshot with a little stone and take down a big old giant. Come on now. Now, I don't know. Maybe maybe people were used to giants being taken down by slingshots. But I don't know anywhere else in the scripture where a slingshot took down a giant and then he cut his head off. Come on now. Say victory. So Some of you, you got to look through your life as we're going through this message today. You said, man, I'm still trying to get back. I'm not saying there's some things I declare you're going to get back, but some things God has rejected maybe. And he says, you don't need it in your life. God told Samuel, he said, stop. Listen what he said. He said, stop mourning over what I've rejected. Samuel sitting there crying over Saul. He was rejected. He was done with. God was done with him. And in that same chapter, he goes and he anoints the new king which is David. So can I just encourage you today? Can I comfort you today that sometimes you just need to let things go? Can I get an amen? You got to just get rid of it and say, Lord, I'm just going to send it back home. If you tell me I don't need it, I don't need it. I I thought I needed it. I posted on Instagram that I need it, but now I'm finding out I don't really need it. So with that being said, there's a couple ways that I I believe that we experience victory, and it's through preparation. Say preparation. So, if, if I had to get, like, the most practical in this whole series, this would be, like, the most practical. So, I want you to zoom in. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, because we see that God did not just let them win. Matter of fact, he said, in a sense, if you win, you're going to ultimately lose, in a sense. Because he said, if you win, you're going to think it was by your own strength and by your own energy. Now, if you know anything about Pride, pride comes before what? The fall or destruction. So we know that if, if pride would have seeped in, then it could have actually led to their destruction. God said, I don't want you just to win. It's not just about you winning. It's about you winning the right way. Come on. Can I get an amen? Winning is not just the goal. It's how you win. I believe it's more important than, than winning. Can I get an amen? The Bible says you can gain all this stuff and still lose. Can I tell you this? There are some wins that will lead to loss if we're not careful. And I believe God sometimes, watch this, will hold up our victory so that our victory can be sustained. Watch this, so our victory won't hurt us, so our win will not be detrimental to us. So what does that mean practically speaking? There are some jobs I believe he'll hold up. There are some businesses he will hold up. There are some relationships he will hold up. You know why? Because if we get in them, it's what he watch this. It's his will and his assignment for our life. That's not a question. He wanted them to be victorious. He wants, he, he, he wants us, some of us maybe to have that business, that job, that relationship, but it's the timing. Because if we don't have the right timing, our character might not be able to hold on to it. Y'all ain't talking to me. So he said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do some changes. I'm going to do some changes in the camp. In a sense, he prepared them for victory. So I want to I give you some preparation points today that I believe are going to be critical. And you see Gideon, you'll see Gideon operate in part of these, at least one of these. But I'll show you different scriptures just to show you and bring this to light. But preparing, preparing. Preparing. Say prepare. Come on, prepare. Tell your name to neighbor. We got to prepare. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, it tells us this. It says in the New Living Translation, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, so run to what? To win. And he says, verse 26, so I run with purpose in every step. I run with purpose. I got purpose in every one of my steps. I am not just shadow boxing. And he says this in verse 27, which is the preparation part. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Training it to do what it should. Now, next month, all works out. We're going to be talking about some training. Amen. In June, the month of June, we're going to talk about some training. Because, you know, a lot of us like to go into the wind. But can I suggest this to you? There are people training right now even in the midst of corona, come on now, everybody ain't go home. I don't care what you say. Some people are out there still working out. they still training with their teams. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Just say I'm just the preacher preaching lies. But just I'm telling you, there's some probably still training, even in the midst of corona, because they're preparing for their next season. You ain't talking to me. And so this is what we got to make sure we do as believers, that we don't just go into a battle, that we don't just go into the games of life, without preparation. I believe God is a God of preparation. People say he's the God of the suddenly. He is. He will do suddenly moves in your life. But if you even look at Acts 2 verse 1 when he came suddenly. By the way, next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday when he came and he moved like a mighty rushing wind. That was after how many days of sitting there in the, in the same room in the upper room. So so we got to make sure that we are preparing, or some people may say positioning ourselves to see our maximum potential fulfilled. Now, here goes, the, so here goes the first thing I believe we need to prepare. In this season, we need to prepare my hearing, or I need to prepare my hearing. I need to make sure I'm hearing right. Can I get an amen? I need to make sure I'm hearing, period. I need to be hearing the voice of God. Now, let me just say this to you, people of God. This is a day in time... And there's nothing wrong with it We're dreams and people have vision boards and people were told ever since they were two years old, they were told you can do anything that you want to do. All you got to do is just believe, right? And that's what people tell you, right? Now, I I, I have an issue with that because it doesn't matter how much the devil believes, he'll never be saved. Can I get an amen? So it's not just about believing that belief has to be based on truth. How many people are going to believe at the end of the day when they get to judgment day? Don't don't shout me down on YouTube. I'm just going to help you out though. What, what, how many people on judgment day are going to say, Lord, I believed that I was following you? And he's going to say, I didn't. I didn't know you. Depart from me. Say, so it's not it's not enough just to believe. It's not enough just to think great thoughts. Self-help is great to a degree, but it's not great just to have self-help points. Amen. It's not enough just to have right vision boards because there are a lot of visions. You know, can I say this to you? If you go study Ahab, and I'm not going to go too long, but there was a man named Ahab. There was a woman named Jezebel. A lot of people think Jezebel just means red lipstick and long eyelashes and uh, I don't know, short skirts. I don't know, but that's what they think Jezebel is, and she's trying to take down men. Well, the thing about Jezebel, Jezebel had a manipulative spirit, but in their kingdom, she was married, well, she was married to a man named Ahab. He was a king. In that kingdom, God literally allowed a lying spirit to come into their kingdom. And there were people who were prophesying and telling him, you will have the victory if you just go to war. <laughs> they, were, they were inspired. It was, it was, it was watch this, I want to I say this to you, it was demonic inspiration, it was ungodly inspiration. I don't I want to be inspired, but I wanted to be holy. Can I get an Amen? I wanted to be holy inspiration. I wanted to come from the right spirit. Because the devil will have you up the creek without a paddle. Can I get an Amen? And you'll be looking back saying, What happened? And and, and they basically sent him into war. And he actually died in war. Why? Because he got the wrong inspiration from the wrong source. And God literally allowed a lying spirit. So one of the things I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to be listening to everybody else. I want to listen to what the Lord is saying. Jesus said, "My sheep will know my voice." This is a season now where we have got to prepare our ears to hear what the Lord is saying to us. Now, as a pastor, my job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. But you still have a right as a blood-washed believer to hear from your God yourself. If you are thankful for the voice of the Lord and the fact that you can have a relationship with God, I don't have to be your middle point for you or your middle man. You can talk to God directly. If you're excited about that, give a shout of praise right now on YouTube. That you can hear God's voice about the business. You can hear God's voice about the relationship. You can hear God's voice about what you should do, how you should raise your children. Come on now, what you should do to put some honey back in your wedding and your, your marriage. Come on, he will, he will show you the path to take. And I declare God is speaking right now. He's speaking right now. But the question is, are we listening? Are we understanding? Are we preparing to hear what God Has to stay. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17, I'm not gonna read it, but it talks about David. David was a man who heard the voice of God, and God told him the Philistines, he was actually anointed king. And as soon as he was anointed king, the Bible says the Philistines heard about this and came for him. Can I tell you, I believe sometimes when God is promoting you, that's when the enemy wants to fight you the most. And the Bible says that David was anointed and that the Philistines came after him. And David runs out and he asks God, he says, God, should I go and attack them? And God says, yes. So he went and he attacked them and he had the victory over them. But guess what, y'all? They came back. And then he asked again. Now, David was the man's man. David was the warrior of warriors. He knew everything there was to know about business, everything there was to know about being a father. Come on, you, put, you fill, in the, fill in the factor of anything you're doing. He was the man's man in fighting. I mean, he, he's the giant killer. Come on now. But he still asks God, should I go attack? Don't allow your ability to keep you from asking for permission. Come on now. He still asks God, "Is this what you want me to do right now?" And God said, "Yes." And God gave him direction. If you read the scripture, God tells him. He says, "But this time, I don't want you to attack them straight on. I want you to go roundabout." Come on now. See, sometimes God, see God's goal will never change. He wants us to have victory, but his strategy can change. And David in this scripture opens up, you can read it later on, but David opens up and God speaks to him and God gives his victory. And the Bible says that David became famous. David became famous. And I want to encourage you all today to hear what God is saying. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, tells us something about the prophetic. Now, our ministry is a ministry that, that I declare will help train people in the prophetic. And the prophetic, it helps you to war. Say war. Come on, say war. Come on, on YouTube, say war. Say fight. He says, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, Timothy, my son, here are my instructions for you based on the prophetic words spoken about you earlier. May they help you do what? Fight well in the Lord's battles. What is the prophetic? It's when God speaks. And so this is key to fighting. We have to know what he says in order to win the battle. We have to know what he's saying in order to maximize our victory. What does God say in his word? I believe that if it's his will, then it is his bill. And some of us are wondering maybe why? Why don't I see the victory in this area? Maybe God has never sent you to do it. Maybe he sent you another direction. Peter had toiled all night. His fishing business was struggling. And one because of corona. It's just because he ain't catch no fish. And the Bible says that the Lord told, told him to go to the other side and to throw his nets on the other side. And Peter had a net-breaking catch. I believe that's because it was connected to a word. Listen, let me tell you something. The word will bring prosperity in your marriage, in your family, in your business. It will bring increase in every single area of your life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Prepare you're hearing in this season. What is my assignment? Number two, prepare my hands. Prepare my hands. Prepare my hands. That's action. God, what do you, now, now that I know what you want me to do, now I got to prepare my hands. I got to prepare my lifestyle. The Bible says that the bless to wor- the works of my hands. The Lord will bless the works of my hands. What am I actually doing? You know, it's something. It's, it's one thing to hear God, but it's another thing to actually do it. What is my? What do my actions look like? So, a couple points I have for here for you to remember as we talk about preparing our hands. A couple things I believe we should do is to pre- prepare our hands. Is to clean our hands, to make sure we have clean hands. Say clean hands. Now I know y'all know about some clean hands because some of y'all have been washing your hands thirty times a day. Amen. For twenty seconds each. Oh glory to God. Amen. And 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 you've been cleaning. Your your hands, and you've been cleaning your hands before you ever cook a meal. You should do what? You should wash your hands. Y'all better be washing y'all hands. I'm not talking about my hands are holy. And say no, they not. You better put some soap your hands. But you you prepare your hands in order to do a great work. Cause if you don't, then there might be some substances that get in the food, and you don't want nobody to get sick. So number one, I believe we should clean our hands. James four talks about cleaning our hands. And this is a new covenant. This is under grace. I really believe this means lifestyle. This means, Lord, whatever is in my heart, in my life, that's not of you. I repent from it. I turn from it. Lord, clean my hands. Lord, clean my hands. In James chapter 5, verse 16 through 17, it says, confess your faults so that you may be healed. But this is the point I really want to give Ephesians 4, verse 26 through 27, it says, Ephesians 4, verse 26 through 27, say clean hands. Come on, say it. Say it, clean hands. Got to prepare my hands, prepare my hearing. Got to prepare my hands. And it says this, and don't sin by letting anger control you. It says, don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. It gives a foothold to the devil. The devil is the ruler of this world. Can I tell you this? The enemy, the Bible says all authority and power in heaven on earth has been given to me. Jesus said that. But can I encourage you? I believe sometimes we can give the devil authority that is not rightfully his. You say how? Because the Bible says that we, watch this, we give the devil Watch this, it says, don't you give, don't you give the devil the, don't you give him the authority over your marriage. Don't you give him the authority over your family. Don't you give him the authority over your finances. Don't, he says, he says, watch this, he says, don't give the devil a foothold. And it's, it's important to remember this, that I believe that the devil, he does have power, but he doesn't always have permission. But the permission comes through our allowance, through our yielding, through maybe even our conversations. So that's why I believe it's important to have clean hands. You know, somebody said, well, why do I need to clean my hands? Why do I need to walk in holiness and purity? One, because we should love Jesus enough to do it. But two, we do it because if we don't, even though we may still be going to heaven, As a carnal believer, we're still going to heaven. We'll live like we're still in H-E double hockey stick. Why? Because we have still given the enemy authority over our life as a believer. But the devil is a liar. We are removing everything off of our hands and off of our life through repentance that will keep us from walking in victory. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, clean your hands. Clean your hands. Then number, then B, we got to increase our skills. We got to increase our skills. And this is what we're probably going to be talking about next month. We're going to probably be talking about how we need to all go through a training camp. Esther went through a training camp. Come on now. You see different people in Scripture that before God used them, he would prepare them. He would train them. Daniel, they went through a training camp to prepare them to be able to uh, operate in their day. I believe as believers, we can't think we're just going to jump in. Sometimes God has to develop us. Even Jesus grew in wisdom, and he grew in favor. He grew. He developed. So we have to increase our skills. The Bible says, Lord, you train my hands for battle. He said, you train my hands for battle. That's what the psalmist says. And then, see, we have to carry out the right strategy. We simply have to obey. We have to obey what God says. Number three, we have to prepare our hearts. We have to prepare our hearts, not just our actions, because we can do things for the wrong reasons. It's important to know that you can do the right thing with the wrong motive, the right action with the wrong heart. God looks at the heart. Matter of fact, go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. It's very important that we realize this. God, say God looks at the heart. Come on, just chat it on there. Say God looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. You know, uh, it, you know when, we're, when, we're, when people are dating and I, I don't, you know, some of you that are married, I don't know what you look for in your spouse. Some of people might have looked for nice hair, long hair, curly hair. Amen. Short hair. Come on. You might have looked, for, if you dated long ago, you did look for a big afro. Amen. Depending on. What era you were in? You look for you look for nice dressing. You look for stilettos, and well, back then it might have been platforms with the goldfish in it. I don't know what you were looking for <laughs> as you were searching for your spouse. You might have looked for a big chest, a furry chest. You might have looked for uh, long arms, long legs. You might have looked for a short person, a tall person. You might have looked for a heavy person, a skinny person. I don't know what you were looking for. You may have looked for a lot of money. Amen. You might look for a little money so that you can walk humbly before the Lord. I don't know what you were, <laughs> what you were looking for. But but everybody, when they were looking for their spouse, probably had their eyes out on the lookout for, for a specific thing, a specific something specific. She smelled good. He smelled good. That's what you looked. That's what you looked for. Well, God, when He looks at a person, He looks at their heart. He looks at their heart. You don't look at their outward. He looks at their, He looks at their heart. That's what I believe attracts God. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it tells us this. It says, "But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see the things, see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? The heart. Preparing a wind means preparing my heart. That's what God is looking at. The Bible says that with the heart, a man believes. That's where faith is. And it also says that without faith, it's impossible to please our God. Can I say this to you? If our hearts, see, I believe what God was looking for in Gideon's life, that story I read in the beginning of the message, he wasn't just looking for his hands to fight well. He was looking for his heart. He wanted to make sure that if your hands get a victory, that your heart won't be destroyed. Come on now. He said, I don't want your heart, in a sense, to be lifted up in pride. I don't want, I don't want the people around your heart to be lifted up in pride after the hands get a victory. See, it's important to realize that our hands can do great works. But if our heart is off, we still might be considered uh, lower than what God has called for us to do. Why? Because God wants our heart. We love the Lord, our God, with all of our what? Our heart, our mind, and our soul. We have to prepare our heart. In James chapter 4, James chapter 4, this is a a scripture I'm telling you right now. This one right here, people of God, if you take this home, man, this this will be in you all throughout the week. And actually, I am going to go to verse 2, and I want you to hear this. It says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. James 4 verse 2, you are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Tell your neighbors your neighbor, stop fighting your family members. Stop fighting your neighbors. Amen. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So he's saying because you don't pray and ask God for it. And he says, verse 3, this is the part I want you to focus in on. And even when you ask, you don't get it. You don't win it. Come on now. You don't experience the victory. Why? Because your motives are what? All wrong. That's hard. See, wrong motives can deactivate our prayer life. So it's very important in this season that we prepare our hearts. That's why I believe God puts us on pause sometimes, because he puts us on pause to bring purity to our heart. He, puts us, he slows down the progression of things in our life. He slows down the money. He slows down the accolade. He slows everything down, I believe, to get our attention so he can deal with the matters Of our heart. Our heart is critical to us getting breakthrough. We see right here that it can actually hold up our prayer life. And you know we got to pray to God about things that we need breakthrough. And come on, we need Him to move mountains. But if our heart has the wrong motives, it can shut God down, it can actually hinder God. So so we we see here that we got to prepare our hearts, we got to prepare our motives. Why do we do the things we do? We got to prepare our thoughts. Out of the out of the heart comes. Thoughts. We got to make sure our thinking is correct. Go with me really quickly to Acts chapter 8, verse 18. Prepare my hearing, prepare my hands, and prepare my heart. Acts chapter 8, verse 18. It says this right here. This is a story about a man who saw Peter. He saw the apostles laying hands, he saw the power that they had. And he said, I went in on that, and we're going to see what happens. Verse 18, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. He said, let me, He said, let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, may your money be destroyed with you for thinking. Come on now, say thinking. He said, for thinking God's gift can be bought. Verse 21, you you can have no part in this for your heart is not right with God. He said there's something that you want that you are not allowed to have because your heart is not right. Is it wrong to want power so that people can get filled with the Holy Spirit? No. The Holy Spirit has been given to us by Jesus. Is it wrong to want prosperity and to want to be blessed, want to leave an inheritance for your kids' kids? No. Is it wrong to want to heal the sick? Is it wrong to want to go and encourage people, to comfort people, to get more influence, to get bigger platforms? No, if you're going to do it for the glory of God. But our heart, people of God, has to be right. Peter tells him, you can have no part of this, not because what you're asking for is wrong, but your heart is wrong. You can ask for the right things with the wrong heart and be denied. And God, I believe, will use problems and trials to purify us. Now, how do we get our heart right, catalyst of a changed heart? Number one, Scripture. It corrects us when we're wrong, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 through 17. Number two, repentance. That's the that's the next blank I have on there, repentance. We got We got we to say, Lord, all loyalty that we have to anything else but you, we, we just get rid of it. We, we lose our idols. Here goes the other thing. Confession of faults one to another. The Bible says confess your faults one to another. It's one thing to confess to God. It's another thing to confess to people and tell them what you did wrong. Like, like actually, like, I kind of I kind of raised my voice too much when I talked to you. I'm sorry. You said you could have said that to God. No, but you said it to a person. I believe there's a level of freedom that will come over you. When you start confessing your faults one to another, it's pride that will not allow us to admit when we're wrong. And so I want to encourage you. The Bible says, then you will be healed. If you look at that in the Amplified, it says, restore to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. God will restore our hearts as we confess our faults one to another. When is the last time you said I was wrong? I'm sorry. When is the last time you've done that? It says give an extra. If you, if you get into a place, let's say, let's say, you know, and this is not necessarily confessing your faults to one another. Let's say you go out to a restaurant today and they give, you an extra, they give you an extra chicken dinner. Come on now. Some people might say that's a blessing. But some people, for some people, the Holy Spirit might say, go take it back. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, God, I believe, wants to deal with those areas of our life. When is the last time you've taken something back? because you said, I ain't pay for this, because God is dealing with your heart, and he's trying to change your heart. And he said, you can't hold on to this. It ain't worth a chicken sandwich. Come on now. Some of us, we got such a close, we got a relationship with God that we couldn't even sleep at night if we held on to that chicken sandwich and ate it. We'd be like, Lord, don't let it have food poisoning in it. You know, like, like we would have been, we'd be so careful. But I believe this is an hour where we got to ask God, Lord, just purify, our heart. Repent, Lord. We get rid of everything and anything, Lord. What's in our heart, what's in our action, clean our hands. And then here goes the other thing. We gotta, we gotta, we we need the Holy Spirit. Come on, people, God. We need the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit brings a changed heart. The Holy Spirit brings a changed heart. And then lastly, and, and this is one that you can't necessarily conjure up. God has to really bring this. Uh, problems. Problems. Problems change our heart. Whether you like it or not, they do. Like Corona, <laughs> it changes our heart. Uh, COVID-19 changes our heart. It breaks us down. I believe and even next week I'm going to be talking about the power I believe of a pause. And I believe that some of us right now are are in a place where the problems have put us on pause. It seems like they've held up our progression. But there are benefits in a pause. There are benefits. When God pauses you and when problems occur and things in your life come around you that surround you, they have a way of purifying. Watch this. They have a way of purifying you. They have a way of purifying the situation. They have a way of exposing our hearts and showing us where we really stand. And so with that being said, let's go and recap. we got to prepare our hearing. we got to open up our voice to the assignment of God. We got to prepare our hands. We got to say, God, okay, now give me the capability. Now, Lord, give me the uh, the skill level. Lord, prepare me. Then, thirdly, we got to prepare our heart. Lord, I want my motives to be right in this whole thing. And I believe if we do that, I believe we want our motives and our thoughts and our heart to be right, and all of the above. I believe God is going to set us up in a way to bring greater and greater victory in our lives, to bring greater and greater wins in our life. The Bible says, "By this I know I please you." That you don't let my enemies triumph over me he says when my he says he says my ways please the lord and he will even put my enemies at peace can i tell you this i believe when we set our hearts up not to necessarily read more books that's great because that can help our hands but to make sure our heart is right i believe that god is going to give us victory after victory i believe that's what made david so powerful on the battlefield he had a heart after god his ways please god and his enemies, it was it was the most difficult thing to take down David. Matter of fact, you look at his whole track record; you hardly ever see him losing a battle, ever. Really, if you look at his whole all the scriptures, you hardly ever see him losing a battle. Why? Because I believe David and his heart had a heart after God, and there may be some situations. In your life right now, where you you're being caved in, you're being surrounded not by an army of people, but by an army of problems. But I believe this if you will just make up in your mind that you're going to live a pleasing life before the Lord, that God will even cause your enemies to be at peace. Come on now. That that's that financial situation to be at peace. Come on now, that health situation to be at peace. I believe there, I believe that God will hear the prayers of those who please Him a little bit better. The Bible says the prayers of the righteous, have great power, and produce wonderful results. I believe we just allow God to check our hearts in this season, to check our hands in this season, and to also check our hearing to make sure we're tuned into his voice. I believe it's going to bring breakthrough after breakthrough, experiential victory after experiential victory. Put your heads down, close your eyes. Father, even now, we thank you that we're preparing. We're getting ready to win this season. We're getting ready to win, Lord, in every area of our life. Lord, I pray that you're just cleansing me. You're cleansing us. Lord, I thank you that this is an hour where we can be cleansed of old works, Lord. Old petty sins, Lord. The little foxes, Lord. Cleanse our heart, Lord. And I pray that we will be like David, men and women, after your own heart. Father, I thank you for the abilities, I thank you for the giftings even now in this season, Lord. I thank you that we're being developed. We're being transformed. We're increasing in the manifestation of your anointing, Lord, in the manifestation of your power. I declare we have power to go get wealth but I also declare we have the purity of heart to keep it, Lord. I pray for that right now, even in the lives of every person listening today, that we are heeding to your word and not to our ambition. Lord, I pray right now for that in the name of Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you're listening today. You say, Pastor Josh, I really need to come back to the Lord. My heart my motives, my thoughts. I was talking about heart and the, and and my heart is really not right. I need God to cleanse my heart. I need God to change my heart. And the way that happens is through the blood of Jesus. You can't really walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit until you receive the blood of Jesus. He's the one who changes your heart. He gives you the grace to clean your hands. So this is the day for those of you that say, "You know what? I need to prepare, but I can't do it alone." None of us can. We need the help of God. So right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're about to prepare We're about to prepare our hearts to receive Jesus, if that's you. One, that's you, get ready. Two, that's you, get ready. When I say three, just right there, wherever you are, in your houses, in your cars, wherever you're watching, I want you to slip your hand up. I want you to pray with me. Three, slip your hand up right there. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Deliver me. (laughs) Heal me, Lord. I pray today that I will go into a life of victory, I thank you that I'm coming out of defeat and I'm moving into victory because of the power of the cross. Lord Jesus, I make you ruler, I make you master over my life, and I ask you to change my heart, to clean my hands, and to open up my ears to hearing your voice like never before. Father, I pray that I will succeed in everything you've called me to do because of your grace. And because of your mercy, in Jesus' mighty name, come on, everybody say amen. Amen. amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer, let us know. If you text in follow Christ 414-11, text follow Christ, somebody will be in connection with you. If you just let us know, for those of you that made that prayer today, you prayed that prayer today, for the first time, if you're rededicating, just, just let us know through text. And we'll get in there. will be a link sent to you that you can fill out information. will be in connection with you. For those of you, thank you so much for joining us on today. Thank you for those who have been giving to this ministry. Thank you for your financial support, however you have been giving. There are three ways to give. Number one, you can give online. Uh, you can go to our website, triadchristiancenter.org. You can give by clicking on online giving. You can also give through text message. You can give text in 336-203-0708. And then also you can give by way of mail. You can mail in your your, uh, your check or your money to us here, 4321 Barrel Road. I want to encourage everybody uh, who's a member of Triad to ask the Lord to deal with your heart about what he would have you to give on today. And I declare victory in your finances. I declare prosperity over you. Listen, before we go, Everybody who uh, was in the military or served in the military, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for your service to this nation. Amen. Let's be in prayer for our nation. Let's be in prayer that God is going to do what God wants to do. And remember, remember this, winning is not defined by the absence of loss, but the advancement of purpose. There are some things we might have to lose in this nation to win. So I want to encourage you to be in prayer for our nation. I want to encourage you to lift them up in prayer daily. May God bless you. May God keep you. And listen, go share this with a couple of other people that you feel may be inspired and blessed by it. God bless you. Love you.
0: Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Movement Podcast. We pray that this word has richly blessed your life. If it has, we ask that you share it with others, especially during such a time as this. As always, we'd love to connect with you. Visit us on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian, Facebook, Triad Christian Center, or visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org, where we are streaming live Sundays at 11 a.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Until next week, be blessed.